Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Friday, everybody. Well, this weekend, um, as we heard from Peter Schmeichel, we've got a big one on Sunday, the Manchester Derby, Manchester United hosting Manchester City at Old Trafford. And for more on this story, Derby, we bring in Jeff Shreves. Hello, Jeff. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thank you very much indeed, Susanna. Good morning to you all. Derby Day in Manchester. I have to tell you, it is one of the magical games in the Premier League. It's a fantastic game. I know it's a cliche, they talk about bragging rights, but it really does mean a huge amount to both sets of supporters. As far as they're concerned, especially at this stage of the season, it's not necessarily a must-win game, it's a dare-not-lose. It's not about the table. In fact, Pep Guardiola today, when he was asked about the position in the table, he said, hmm, you know, we've been double digits behind as late as February and March before, so where we are now is no problem to us at all. We'll see where we are closer to the business end of the season, if you like. I think that's kind of his approach. But... He's also very quick to point out that at this stage of the season, he certainly would not write off Manchester United being there at the end of the season in terms of the actual honours, which maybe seems a little far-fetched to a number of people, given their current form. But he's underlining the point. It is early, early days. And as we know, anything can happen in a derby. Anything can happen in a derby. And you have uh, seen many iterations of this derby between the two sides in, in Manchester. I'm just curious. I want to hear about some of your favorite moments that the Manchester derby has produced for you. Well, now, obviously, I've got friends and colleagues uh, in the blue and the red camps of the city. So I've got to be careful here, Susanna. Uh, <laughs> the, ones that stand out in my the ones that stand out in my mind, obviously, Wayne Rooney's overhead kick. It was just extraordinary, an exquisite piece of skill. And to do that in the derby game was just absolutely magical. That's an image that will live forever in the minds of Manchester United fans. Incredible moment. And then also, if you think of how popular he was as striker, look at Michael Owen when he was so often jeered <laughs> at the very politest by the Manchester United fans. A red, a Liverpool hero. He comes and he scores the winner, an extraordinary seven-goal thriller at Old Trafford. That was an incredible moment. Then, of course, as well, if you flip the coin, when Manchester City, when they've had their days and they've had more of them of late, you think of Edin Dzeko scoring the sixth at Old Trafford. And it's not just the goal that's spectacular. Look at the stands. They're half empty. The Manchester United fans had walked out. They'd gone. Mario Bellatelli, why always me? That moment when he lifted his T-shirt. Well, I think there are a few answers to why always me. Uh, and then also, <laughs> funny enough, my, my, my friend, 
My friend and former colleague Gary Neville, he features high on my list of two Manchester derbies because I think he really showed the agony and the ecstasy. First of all, when they got absolutely mullered uh, away to Manchester City and he just gave away a goal. He was robbed by Sean Gota and he's just got his head in his hands. He just wants the ground to open up and swallow him. And then Paul Scholes scores the winner in the Manchester derby. Gary Neville runs the length of the pitch and plants a big fat kiss <laughs> right on his lips. <laughs> and when I interviewed Gary on his retirement, he said, Jeff, Jeff, ask me anything about my career. Don't ask me about that kiss. <laughs> that, that picture there, that tells you what a derby does to you. It's the hand on the face for me. You know? Passionate. Yeah. Totally. Passionate is a great word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is a You've passionate. Mean, you've got to mean it, haven't you? Absolutely. <laughs> You're going to kiss someone, kiss them properly. <laughs> Listen, speaking of passion, um, this derby has become almost international. Everybody wants to tune in around the world, especially since the takeover at Manchester City. But you alluded to something at the beginning of your first answer, which you said it means a lot to the fans. Before the takeover, was there so much animosity between Manchester City and Manchester United whenever they would play in a derby? I don't think it would be often because of a division discrepancy for, for most of both of these teams' history. Well, I think that's what adds spice to the current situation because it, it, it's, if you like, the pendulum has swung the other way, as you quite rightly alluded to, uh, quite often Manchester City were in a different division to Manchester United. So this hasn't, hasn't been every year in the top division whatsoever. And, of course, Manchester United's rivals were Chelsea, they were Liverpool, and they were also Arsenal as well. But then Manchester City came into town and Sir Alex Ferguson famously said, Manchester City will be never be the favourites going into a derby game, not in my time. Well, that has changed hugely, hasn't it? They've got an extraordinary record against Manchester United now. And what's, what's really interesting as well is the fact that Manchester United fans, of course, Liverpool, it's not a derby, are not their rivals in terms of a derby, but in some ways they see that as more of a derby game. But this one is special in its own way because there's so much history between the two clubs. And because they work and they live in the same area, that's why it means so much to the fans. Honestly, unless you've been to one of those games, it's difficult to describe what it actually means to the fans. It's huge, absolutely huge. Listen, to be honest with you, they could be in any division whatsoever. The rivalry will be just as fierce. Well, Jeff, I want you to tell me a little bit about those fans because Old Trafford, the, the, the theatre of dreams, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if you're not mistaken, yeah. where are you going with this? Uh, the, <laughs> I think you understand exactly where I'm going. Uh, is this going to be the most tense atmosphere? Imagine a world where Manchester City is easily winning. How do you think the atmosphere will be? And is this possibly the most negative atmosphere you think you've seen in Old Trafford, will it become the theatre of nightmares? Ooh, there That's it is. Okay. That's <laughs> I, I, I absolutely, thanks for that, Alexis. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I absolutely get your point. Uh, but no, I think that Manchester United fans, you know, in a strange way, I think they actually stick by the team far more than they would against another team. Because Manchester City are in town, they will support them even more. Perhaps if it's not going as well at half-time, they let their feelings know. But I think they would hold back a little bit against Manchester City. Uh, I think as well, 
they acknowledge things could be better. Eric Ten Hag said today as well, we need to be more consistent in our performances. We need to find the goals as well. They know they can be better. And what better game to find your form? What better place, what better stage to upstage your rivals, your local rivals, in this particular picture? Now, I, I think they'll be right through, right to the end. Now, after the final whistle, if it hasn't been so good, then they may well vent their feelings. But during the game, no, they'll be right there. All right, Jeff, I'm going to pivot from the Manchester Derby and go down to London because Crystal Palace is hosting Tottenham this afternoon, this evening. And I wanted to get your thoughts on how Big Ange Postacoglu could continue to get Spurs trending in the right direction, obviously setting all types of records, winning all types of individual awards uh, as a manager and all of his players winning Player of the Month awards. Can they get something at Selhurst Park against Roy Hodgson in a pretty tough Crystal Palace, especially at home? Absolutely, I can. You say, can you keep setting records? If they win tonight, they'll go five points clear at the top of the Premier League, which Tottenham Hotspur have never, ever done. Since the Premier League started, they have never been five points clear. So this is an extraordinary situation. And what's, if you like, um, most Tottenham fans are finding, they're enjoying this so much because it was so unexpected, because it was such a poor season last season. They're not just top of the table right now. They're playing fantastic football. Look at Sonny, you've highlighted there. He got 10 goals in total last season. He's got seven already. They're playing fabulous football. They're winning admirers all across the park and across the broad spectrum of football itself. And I think he'll just keep doing what he's doing. Nice and low-key when he was asked today, you know, can you win the title? Typical end. We'll let you know, mate. Let you know when it comes to May. We'll see what's happening then, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> I just love his approach. So... I, I think they will go there full of confidence. And also right now, the other problem with the Crystal Palace, although you know it is a tricky ground, they can't score goals. They just cannot score goals at the moment. So with Eze and Lisa out as well, that's not helping them either. So I think Tottenham will fancy their chances tonight. Okay, so now that we've talked Tottenham, I do want to get your thoughts on Aston Villa and how successful you think they can be this season Maybe top four is too big of a reach for Unai Emery, but given how well they've performed and how organized they are, I wouldn't say it's outside the realm of possibility. Top six feels pretty okay, but do you think Villa can uh, make a run at it in top four this season? I think you're spot on. I think they absolutely can. So uh, their the, the home form is absolutely sensational. He's an extremely experienced coach. He's got them well organized. In Ollie Watkins, we've got Harry Kane's natural understudy for England as well. They've got a World Cup winning goalkeeper. And he's created a really good feeling around the club. There's real connectivity between the team and the fans and within the team itself. I would not rule them out of a Champions League spot because of the, the other clubs that are struggling. If you think, OK, if you say Arsenal and Manchester City look fairly solid bets, Tottenham right now are going great guns. So why would you not include Aston Villa in that conversation? I, I agree with you. Inside. I think top six looks extremely doable. Would I have my meagre wages on Aston Villa not making the Champions League? Not at all. Because they, there's no expectation either from them, is there? Because if they did achieve it, nobody expected them. I think you know yourself, it's a huge thing in football. When the pressure's on, that's when it gets difficult. They made top four. That would be an incredible achievement. Well, Jeff, uh, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thanks for taking the time to join us this morning. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks, Jeff. My pleasure. Enjoy your weekend. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we are diving into yesterday's Europa League results. Stick around. We will be right back.
UEFA Europa League. It's a big night. Salah! And he always scores at Enfield. Lukaku! Oh, brilliant finish. He's done it again. Boniface! What a shot to fail under Rocket. Mitoma. And finished up by João Pedro. What a fabulous goal that is. Low ball in. It's an own goal. Stuck his leg out, and it's 2 0 to Olympiakos. Welcome back. Here's a look at Thursday's notable Europa League results and uh, Olympiakos 2 1 over West Ham. That is their first loss in Europe in 17 matches. Um, we also have Leverkusen continuing to cruise 5 1 over Katabag. They remain unbeaten across all comps this season. And Brighton and Ajax, a 2 0 loss. We went in depth yesterday on the problems surrounding Ajax and sort of the timeline of the, the downfall that we've witnessed. Brighton getting this 2-0 this result. Is it, is it going to get worse for Ajax before it gets better, Jimmy, at this point? They have PSV coming up this weekend. Yeah, it's interesting. We talked uh, off camera, and Witty ended up saying that it's interesting to fire your manager before big matches. Yeah. But I think they probably should have fired Marie Stein or maybe shouldn't even hired him, all things considered. He just wasn't the right fit. It didn't feel like Ajax caliber. So now, yeah, they run into a Brighton team that was due to win, that have an identity. This Ajax team does not have an identity, and I think that's a big part of the issue. Not only do they not have an identity as this specific team, but just in general, it doesn't reflect what we know about Ajax in terms of how they like to play. And, and uh, it, yeah, it's really disappointing right now for this whole club, and I don't know what the way out is because they have a lot of areas to attack, and it's being reflected on the field. And then when you run into a team that is as organized as Brighton, that result is what you see. And it was really uninspired in a lot of different ways. So, yeah, heading into a big one against PSV, a, a team that does have some momentum, does have a lot of good goal scorers, does have an identity, once again, to use that term. I think it's going to be trouble once again for Ajax, and I feel like the fans are really going to lose their minds. Yeah, it's a shame that we haven't seen the rock bottom yet. It could be next week against PSV. But that's what I'm asking. Like, yeah. it, like it, it feels like you could think, oh, it can't get any worse than this. And then it's like, well. Right. Nope. It's, oh, there's it, always a new rock could. bottom. If they yeah. lose on Sunday, then it's first it was Feyenoord. Right. Then they kept on losing. Then they lose again in the Europa League. It was Feyenoord twice. Yeah. Because they delayed the game and then they, lo- they <laughs> give up another goal. <laughs> Wait, Correct. just as a reminder, they sing a Bob Marley song inside the stadium. Everything's <laughs> yeah. going to be all right. Yeah. I don't know if that's the song to use anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know. The other team fans should sing We Jammin', bro. <laughs> <laughs> we jammin'. Good one. You're on fire today. You're on fire today. Well, uh, Group B is, uh, is interesting because Marseille got the result yesterday yeah. over Ike Athens. Needed. They are sitting on top of the table on five points, followed by Athens, Brighton on four as well, and then Ajax at the bottom with two. They're winless in the group stage so far. What, Nico, what, what do you make of this, of Group B? Because it's getting pretty interesting at this point. Yeah, Marseille needed that win. It was a breath of fresh air for them because they've been struggling for wins, especially under Gennaro Gattuso ever since he started taking control at the club. Um, and, and for them to kind of just reset refocus and and now they have a trip to Greece which is going to be an interesting one maybe a point there could do uh, a lot of help for for Marseille and it's a matter now of balancing both competitions just keep on going mm-hmm. um, 
but it's easier said than done, obviously. Uh, but overall, it, it was, you said it yesterday on the broadcast, cathartic. I felt like they, they, it was, they were waiting for a big, emphatic win, and they got it, and especially when your manager is in that same, has that same type of personality, it can mesh well with the club. I'm wearing the Marseille kit, so I feel like I should chime in with the, about them a little bit. My issue with them throughout this competition in particular is their lack of in-game management. They take a lead, they give up the lead. There was no maturity in terms of, or leadership of, hey, we've got the lead now, let's control the game, let's make the right soccer decisions, as it were, to see this out. And I thought we saw this against uh, AEK Athens in this game. Okay, we got the lead, there was a red card that was in our favor as well, whatever. Just manage the game, see it out, get the three points, and then we can move forward from there. And I actually agree with you. Cathartic was the right word. And it felt like a step in the right direction and probably more buy-in on how Gennaro Gattuso wants to play. And that's a good thing for the team overall. Quickly, what are your impressions of Brighton? Because they're European debutants. What have you made of their play in this competition so far? I love that they haven't changed their identity in some ways. Yeah. Sometimes when you go from the Premier League, which what you're comfortable with, to then go into Europe, maybe feel like you have to be something that you're not. And, and when they got slapped at home by Athens, you thought, oh, maybe Deserbi's going to attack this in a different way. Stay true to who they were and obviously played an Ajax team that's a little down on themselves. So a good opponent to play to get their first ever win and Deserbi's first ever win in Europe as a manager. Yeah, it's a nice bounce back uh, for them only because they lost. They had that terrible loss to Ike. But uh, if Deserbi's system is run well, it should be plug and play. Especially with the types of players that they uh, that they bring in, Anzu Fati getting uh, getting a nice run out. It's nice. It's nice to see them sort of settle in. And now I feel like this group is starting to come together. Uh, outside of Ajax, we still don't know who they are. All right, uh, we're going to take a break, guys. Don't move. Ninety thousand plus. Great atmosphere. Barcelona, Real Madrid. It's the giants of European football. It's full of superstars. Fermi Lopez on the move and cracking that against the underside of the crossbar. It's a goal. Got a chance here for Real Madrid to do something. And looking for Rodrigo and Real Madrid are ahead. Fermi Lopez makes absolutely sure this time. And Bellingham plants it into the back of the net on the hour. It's a fine finish by Bellingham, whose run at Real Madrid is extraordinary now. Well, Saturday morning, we'll see the return of El Clasico as Barcelona hosts Real Madrid. The action begins at 10.15 a.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Always a big affair when these two giants of Spanish football face off. Real Madrid sitting on top of the table in La Liga. Right now, Barcelona in third. Girona right in there, just sandwiched in between, as we all expected them to do. Totally yeah. normal, totally normal. Girona's like, we're here too, guys. <laughs> uh, but Barcelona and Real Madrid both playing really well right now, having great seasons so far. And there's a lot of, we talked a lot about the exciting young talent on both of these sides, kind of like this upwards trajectory. This is going to be a big test for both teams, Nico. Yeah, to see where they're at in the season. I don't know if they're playing really well, but they're getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Barcelona in several games has been able to get late dramatic wins, maybe not the most convincing. The thing is that they're dealing with a ton of injuries, and I think that's going to be a little bit of the tone that Barcelona is kind of going to have to deal with because it's not going to be their strongest team. Lewandowski didn't play midweek in Champions League. They don't have Pedri. So it's a lot of these young guys that are seemingly coming out of nowhere. Are we seeing a La Masia revival? We won't know until these guys 
are undisputed starters at Barcelona, and they're the difference makers. So uh, with Real Madrid, on the other hand, a small little question mark, small little question mark on, on Jude Bellingham's health. Mm. Um, but this will be his first Clásico which I'm super excited about because we've been so high on him. And I think if you see it from a numbers point of view, he's done unbelievably well. Sometimes he doesn't have the brightest, sharpest of games, but he always shows up at the right place at the right time. And it just feels right, like his welcome mm. party to like world football, if he hasn't already been welcomed in the, in the greatest of ways, would be in El Clásico, the first not at the Camp Nou, at the Estadio Olympique de Montjuic, where Barcelona are playing their home games this season. I think good news for Barcelona is that it's being reported that Robert Lewandowski will start this game, so Ferran Torres could drop to the bench. And then it just changes the complexion of how they move as a group. You have a player that maybe, Ferran Torres is more of a slasher, likes to run in behind. Lewandowski can do that, but I think he's better at holding up the ball, which allows Barcelona to transition in a different type of way, and then of course Lewandowski's a killer when it comes in and around the box, which is going to have to put the Madrid defenders on alert in a, in a different way. And it allows, I think, Barcelona to whip in crosses with a little bit more confidence knowing that Lewandowski can get on the end of it. That said, I think that Real Madrid are better positioned, whether it's due to health, whether it's just due to having more of an identity of who they are at this current moment. They've switched to a diamond midfield. Carlo Ancelotti has brought that back in. Jude Bellingham, Bellingham is on the point of that. Tony Cruz has been excellent on the left side. Then you have Shuameni, who's been quietly very solid at, at the base. And then you have Fede Valverde, who just runs up and down the whole game. Oh, I love And they running. seem to have found, I don't know, they're at peace, I guess, with this. With this <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know where, why I went there, but they, they just seem very comfortable in this new formation. Especially when so many people were questioning, can Real Madrid play without a nine? And the best nine that they have, nominal nine, is, is Jose Lu. And... They've found ways to get the job done and to win with only Rodrigo and Vinicius and Bellingham, who none of those three are, are nines. They're not out-and-out stri out strikers. So I, I found this crazy dangerous they stat. will be when they have a nine. They're going to be wildly dangerous. So I've got this stat, and then, and then Alexis, I want to hear from you on this, but Real Madrid have gone 238 games. Mm -hmm. That's almost six years without naming an unchanged starting 11 in La Liga. They always tinker, and I think that speaks what? to... Yes. Wait. No way. In La Liga. In La Liga. Okay. Champions League, they'll have the same starting 11 from potentially from game to game. But in La Liga, they make changes. Wow. On average, like two to four. And when you look at their midfield, the four players I mentioned, then you add Kamavinga and Luka Modric in there, just the, the, the type of depth that they have, that tinkering is, is incredible. And so, again, I think that gives Madrid just more of an advantage in this one. When I think about what they're going to bring in midfield no matter what combination of those six players ends up starting in the four, yeah. against what Barcelona has right now. And when we go to the cliche, who are, you know, if you win the midfield, you end up winning the game. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at players like uh, Joao Cancelo and uh, Yamin Lamal. How influential can they be? Can, they, can Cancelo open it up? Can they get Yamin Lamal going forward? Can they cause some threats and, and pressure this uh, Real Madrid backline? Because the opposite, Bellingham, running amok in that midfield, getting into those final spots, making those late runs, making those nine-like runs, that's just going to be pandemonium for Barcelona to try to handle. No one has been able to do that. I can't wait to watch this match. That's going to be great. Uh, Jimmy, you have taken the liberty of putting together a combined best 11 for this one for both teams. Can we can I'm going to get hammered for this. Yeah, of course. I can't wait to see I that. can't wait to 
hear your thoughts. If Bellingham is not on it, <laughs> you'll hear about it right away. Dude, Bellingham okay, is on it. Now, this is with everybody fully healthy. Correct. So that needs to be taken into consideration, especially when you look at Thibaut Courtois. I got him in goal. I got Alaba at left back. I actually like him more at left back than at center back, but this just helped kind of allow me to bring in uh, Jules Koundé uh, at center back next to Rudiger. Cancelo, obviously a special talent on the right side. I got Tony Cruz and Pedri when healthy, and then Jude Bellingham is going to round out my three midfielders and Vinicius Lewandowski and Joao Felix, who I think really fits in more with Barcelona than he clearly did with Atletico Madrid, and uh, he's only going to continue to get better wearing the Barcelona colors. And your thoughts. Go ahead. Take it away. Who's coming at me first? Um, I just want to point out our uh, producer, Ivis, just got in my ear. He wants to everyone to know it's going to be a game-time decision for Lewandowski tomorrow. It has not been announced that he will be starting, so just so that's out there. I could also be the, just uh, wanted to put that nugget in. could just be playing in. games, too, you know? Put a little games pressure on You know, you know. No, no issues with my 11. Uh, Schwameni could be in there. It's great. Can I see it again? Valverde was there. You put if you had to pick one player. Oh, Valverde. If you have to replace one player. Who, though? I think we're both going around the same position, but I think we have different names. And also, this is another opportunity for a player like Joao Felix, who's been questioned so much. He has His life at Barcelona has gotten off to a very hot start. I would put him, for example, I think Valverde has, is very deservedly a shout here over Joao Félix, okay. who's had I a couple that. of good games for Barcelona, and it's great to see him thriving. If he can thrive in a Clásico, I think that can shut up a lot of haters that have questioned him. So, big game for him as well. Yeah. I, for me, I got and I, I want to take each of these players for the breadth of their careers, and I got to find a way to get Gundogan in there. Gundogan, to me, is just a, a, mm. a guaranteed winner. He's proven it on the biggest stages. To me, got to find a way to get him in there. Well, Luka Modric would be... Luka Modric also, but you I'm also got to consider his age. That as the what context. was, the, wait, wait, what was the biggest struggle for you when you were putting that together? Oh... Probably the back line in some ways because really Rudiger hasn't lit it up this particular year. I like him as a center back. Uh, Alaba has been prone to some mistakes, though he was great in his first ever Clasico last season. Uh, Jules Koundé, again, another one that's prone to mistakes. I don't know. Alaba hasn't been amazing for Real Madrid. Like he was. I know, I know. So, so, and Cancelo, I'm kind of going more off of his time with Man City and, and than I am really with Barcelona, but. I just thought, well, these are four very talented guys. Yeah. And if you put them out there, they're probably not going to give up too many opportunities. And you got Courtois on goal. He's obviously playing because of his significant injury. So, I don't know. There's room to come at me, and it's fine. Yeah. It's Someone's going to be I'm ready somewhere. Come at him. Come at him. Um, that El Clasico match, 10-15 on ESPN+. Plus. Let's quickly take a look at some of the other notable matches across Europe. We've got some big ones this weekend, as we mentioned. The Manchester Derby, PSV taking on Ajax on Sunday morning. That game also on ESPN+. Plus. And some big ones in Serie A as well. Inter Milan versus Roma and Napoli taking on AC Milan. Let's chat a little wow, Inter Versus Roma, because the, the narrative here, the storyline, one of them at least, is the uh, Romelu Lukaku facing his former team mm. uh, in a place where he had a, a ton of success, Nico. Absolutely. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on, on his return? And if you like the, the momentum slash hot hand theory, Lukaku's playing really well. Mourinho won't be on the touchline, if I'm correct, for his ban at the weekend against Monza. I don't think he'll be there. And Inter fans love Mourinho. They have so much respect for him because uh, of his Champions League win with Inter. And there will be tension, a lot of animosity 
from the ultras towards Lukaku just because mm. of the way that that breakup happened. It was dramatic, even with Lautaro Martinez in the offseason saying, I shot him a text and he never answered back. So uh, it's almost like Lukaku's moment for him to say, I've moved on to bigger and better things or I'm, and I'm not done. I'm still improving and still moving forward. But Inter is playing really well at the moment. I, I fancy them over, over Roma, to be honest. Yeah, bigger and better things. What, mid-table? Uh, yeah, but goal scoring form. Back to goal scoring form. They're in seventh. Uh, but Lautaro Martinez got 11 goals uh, so far this season. He's absolutely killing it. And uh, when I think of uh, South Americans, I think of the pettiness and the big moment. So I think Lautaro Martinez is also going to want to make it, uh, oh, a statement sure. and going to want to make an example. And I feel like he's going to celebrate just a little extra harder yeah. if he scores. Do you think he should celebrate? <laughs> yeah, maybe like it's a little like text a... emoji, you know, text. Uh... Do you think he should celebrate? Relationship. No, 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 I was talking no. about, sorry, I'm going to Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku? Because he's oh. him to score any time plus 300, by the way. And I feel like he's going to be extra motivated to hit the back of the net. Is that part of your bet that. this week? I, it I, is not. I'm going to okay. stay away from that. Right. I do think he scores and I do think he celebrates, but I think it will be a subdued celebration. Mm. I, think, I don't like think it'll what? be subtle. It, I but see similar it. to like, you know, the, the shush and the, oh. what does he cover his eyes or he does the, the he points. Yeah, he, he'll do something like that, something that is meaningful, and maybe that he'll be asked about after the match. Whatever and he then does, he can we'll give set a statement. Just, I would, yeah, phone call it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. All I know is Roma, the phone, Roma won this fixture at the San Siro last year. Uh, it was 2 1. Inter went up first, and then you had Dabala and Smalling coming back to score that to, to have Roma win 2 1. Both of those players, the ball on Smalling, not available for this game. So. Not available. And just to clarify, Mourinho uh, is suspended due to the red card that he got last yeah. Yeah. weekend at Monza. Yeah. At Monza. So this one. Separate. Yeah. <laughs> Separate yeah. from the one. Maybe that'll be uh, Lukaku's uh, goal celebration. He'll pull this out, gets Ooh. red card, gets kicked out. <laughs> God, we're full of ideas on morning footy. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take another timeout. When we return, we are chatting round one of the Audi MLS Cup playoffs. Let's go. MLS Cup playoffs begin this weekend. Uh, just a reminder that that first round involves a best of three series, the home away home to the higher seed. So here's a look at the matches this week in the Philadelphia Union hosting the New England Revolution. LAFC will take on the Vancouver Whitecaps. Houston Dynamo face Rail Salt Lake. FC Cincinnati, your Supporter Shield winners, will face the New York Red Bulls and St. Louis City host Sporting Kansas City on Sunday. You can watch all those matches on Apple TV+. All right, let's start with the Philadelphia Union and the New England Revolution. Um, these are the four and five seeds. They actually faced off against each other on decision day. And New England got the win, Jimmy Conrad. But it's been a, it's been a tumultuous season 
for the New England Revolution. There was all the drama surrounding Bruce Arena, who then eventually was let go by the club. Philadelphia Union, they were the MLS Cup runners-up last year. It's been, I, I would say, a, a pretty good season for the Philadelphia Union, but I think the expectations were high for them entering into this. Um, and it should you, be. And they should be. They were finalists absolutely, last year, and they absolutely. had it in their grasp to oh, win MLS boy, did Cup. They. they feel a little bit cursed, Philadelphia Union, but... I think that experience of being in the playoffs definitely helps. Having a deep run last year, they're excellent at home, and there's 17 home games in the league, 16 games unbeaten. That's going to be a tall task, I think, for this New England Revolution team to get a result. Uh, New England's only two wins in their last nine games, so limping into this a little bit. However, I should say Philly only one win in their last seven, so they're not necessarily lighting it up either. But when you think about who they have in goal for Philadelphia Union, Andre Blake. And, and Jim Curtin, I think he's going to have a little bit more experience than Clint P.A., who is coaching the New England Revolution on an interim basis. I love the talent that the Revs have at their disposal, but I just feel like the experience, the goalkeeper situation, and just Jim Curtin, and just the intangibles, I think, all tip towards Philly getting a result here. And I think they're excellent when they win the first game of the series. And I think that's going to be enough to really set the tone and get what they need to get done the rest of the series. It's yeah. going to be nice to see, uh, you know, Jim Curtin and his style and the way this team sort of always galvanize when they come into the playoffs. You know, we talk a little bit about how different it is to be a coach in MLS because of the playoff system and when you have to sort of start to make sure your team picks up a little bit of heat or picks some momentum. The other part of it is how do you inspire a team who feels like they just got to the end of a, of a season to be like, okay, now it actually starts. <laughs> and I think Jim Curtin, to me, is one of the better ones at doing that. He, they always seem to sort of pick it up a little bit in the playoffs. I'm looking at players like Gazdag and, and Julian Carranza uh, to sort of carry that load and continue to carry on what Philly's been able to do this season. And I feel like uh, New England has slid, you know, ever since, obviously, the, the change of manager and the situation around it. All of a sudden, they don't feel as solid as they did at the beginning of the season. And I think Philly Union are going to be able to pick that apart. Naturally. And it's not like Philadelphia Union tactically are wowing you, they're not going to beat you with some sort of masterclass, but you mentioned the intangibles. And I think Jim Curtin's that type of manager. He's, he's, he can help his team bring a lot of the intangibles. And a lot of that falls on a guy like Jose Martinez, for example, that loves to do the dirty work, recover. And, and in playoffs, you want a guy like that. I always want a guy like that on my team. Mm -hmm. G give, me, give me 11 of that type of defensive midfielder and I'll conquer the world. Um, it's that type of mentality that, that, you, that you really want. And the numbers that Carranza put up this season are, are incredible. Obviously, New England has a lot of quality, but it just feels like the trajectory of both of these teams are heading in an yeah. opposite direction. And it's almost like at this point, New England is, is, is unpredictable. When you, it's like a chicken with his head cut off. You, you, you suddenly don't know what you're going to get. Well, they, lack, maybe, maybe. they lack leadership a little bit. Yeah. What are you doing, Santeria? <laughs> Why is Germante so far away no, from me? I'm done. <laughs> I've never... I'm done. I'm I'm done. I drank too much mate. Right? I've been drinking mate for 2.30. It's like, you know, you get jittery, oh, yeah. electric, I'm done. I'm I know. Done. I'm, I'm, feeling, done. I'm feeling that energy yeah. over here. <laughs> Philadelphia Union, New England Revolution, Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern on Apple TV+. Plus. Let's move it along to the West LAFC hosting the Vancouver Whitecaps. This is interesting. They also faced off against each other on decision day. That game ended in a 1-1 draw. Ryan Gauld, though, missed two 
two PKs in that game that could have given them the win. And they might not have been playing against each other in the first round of these playoffs. But here we are, the defending champs, Jimmy Conrad. Listen, I'm a big Steve Cherundolo fan, uh-huh. played with him at the U.S. team, and, and uh, we're close friends, so I'm going to be pulling for him, obviously, to get the result. I have a lot of respect for what Vancouver has done this season. Thanks for your transparency. Quietly, <laughs> quietly flying under the radar. I, I wanted to get ahead of that. <laughs> but, but, but Let me I just scratch that off of things to bring up. <laughs> but... Uh, what I find interesting is the last time these two teams played in L.A., Vancouver actually won 3-2, and they scored two goals in the first 20 minutes. And I think if Vancouver is really going to make an impact against LAFC, they have to hit them hard and hit them fast and not allow them to settle into a rhythm. Because once LAFC starts to dictate the game and dictate the flow, and Bowanga starts to get in good spots, and Carlos Vela can pick up the ball right behind the midfield and in front of the back four and start to cut you inside, you're done. Mm -hmm. But if you can get ahead of that and score early, I feel like LAFC's struggled to try to find their way back into games. I was there when they played against Inter-Miami as well, and once Inter-Miami scored, LAFC, the, the whole, all the air went out of the stadium, and the players just didn't seem to have that same pop to them. They've played a lot of games this season, so we could argue, too, that LAFC could be very tired. I think, oh, right. sorry, go no, ahead. No, please, please. No, I was just going to say, Vancouver is a team, they're kind of a sneaky team, and they've got some difference makers, the Ryan Gold and, and Brian White up top. Um, I, I feel like if they, if LAFC have to find a way to kind of stop those guys from making those connections inside the box because, to your point, LAFC struggle when when they go down in games. So I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to, I think, to watch. I think if Vancouver, to your point, if Vancouver is going to surprise, it's going to have to happen here. You want to take some of that home field advantage yeah. away. They haven't lost in five matches, but the names we've said, no disrespect to Ryan Gold and Ryan White, but... Come on, you know, we're talking about Danny Bawanga, Carlos Vela. They need to show up. I think every – and Chirondolo, obviously, you're, you're – And they're the reigning champs. Right? Yeah, they're the reigning champs. The swagger They've that comes with that. Before. But here's the thing. Will Danny Bawanga pass to Carlos Vela <laughs> when he's open? It's a great Will question. that happen? Because if you don't, you might lose. How many goals does Carlos Vela have? This oh, that's year. a great question. I just saw it. Because Denny Bawanga, he's a goal He has 20 year. goals in MLS, but he has 33 goals across all competitions. And, and this is also with him having these slumps in the midst of the season. So imagine if he had just been consistent. I mean, it's mm. wild. He started hot. He has nine in MLS. Nine that, in that's, MLS. That's a, that's a striker's life, right? You yeah. get hot, cold for a little bit, hot back again. you got to be hot when it matters. And now it matters. That's a lot of... It's a lot of goals. It's a lot of goals. 33 across all counts. But Carlos Vela, I, I feel like, has been under. Well, I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah. But if he's open. If he's open, you should pass, <laughs> pass him. him the ball. That left foot, man. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. Hey, Alexis, you're going to chat some Canadian Premier League Let's when go. we come back. Are you ready for this? We are. Let's go. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, north of the border, we have the Canadian Premier League Grand Final this weekend. On Saturday, Forge FC will take on Cavalry FC at 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox Soccer Plus. And we have our resident 
Canadian Premier League expert at the desk, Alexis Guerreros, because Alexis kind of knows a thing or two about soccer in Canada, don't you? Yeah, hey, don't you? Uh, uh, I do, eh? Uh, this, uh, this love affair with Canada uh, continues because now we are ready for the grand final. Now you're probably wondering, what do you mean I like that they final? call it a grand final. Well, that's because they already kind of had a final. It's called the preliminary final, and that was between Forge and Cavalry. The winner goes directly to the grand final. The loser goes into the playoff. And guess what? It's the same two teams. <laughs> They've already played in the playoffs. This doesn't happen wow. anywhere else. I love in it. I love it. Elimination Chaos, final. I love it. It's wild. So you're probably wondering, who would I root for? Am I going to root for Forge? Am I going to root for Cavalry? Well, here on Morning Footy, we are rooting for Forge, and I'll tell you why. They sent us stuff, and that's really <laughs> uh, They sent us a note that said, thank you for your support and coverage of the Canadian Premier League. We love your show and wanted to send you some more CPL swag because they know a lot of people have already sent us some. Mm-hmm. But this is from the three-time champion. So look wow. at this. So, so just so everybody knows, Calvary were top of the table. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Season, right? Look so, at this. Great. They were the clear, clearly better team throughout the season. I just Sense- want to make sure there's oh, some context. Wow. Forge were second. Forge here's, beat them. But here's the, the thing. Final. Forge. Listen, I, it's, it's important. Can they do <gasps> and it? And it says Tim Hortons? Uh, oh. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. He's not here, but you I'll can hold it. it. Yeah. You can hold it. This wow. is awesome. We are many. Baby. We are oh. one. We are many. Okay. We are one. I like this one a lot. And then here's mine. Oh, I like the the Guerreros one, number 23. So let's talk a little bit about these teams. And maybe you're wondering, hey, this is my new Who should team. I look out for on this team? Beautiful with the Forge FC on the bottom. Gorgeous. Right? Beautiful Tim Hortons. Get yourself some Timbits. Oh, wow. Look at, hold on. Oh, I love look at this dragon. Look at where's my, where's my camera? Oh yeah, the dragon is in the <gasps> kit. Where's where's what? the camera? Can you see it? Oh, that is awesome. Move Can it a little you, bit. Uh, yes, the there we go. There we go. There you go. That is beautiful. They do a great job yeah, with these kits. Can I say for the record that these, these kits are better than Calvary's? Wow, That's there gorgeous. you go. The You're really going on, a, gorgeous, on the limb gorgeous, here. Gorgeous. Look at these beautiful hats. we yeah, got the nice dad hat. Maybe like, I'll rock that at the lovely. game. Let's talk about some of the players to watch. If okay. you are rooting for Forge like we are here on Morning Footy, then you're going to watch out for a name you guys might have heard. Kyle Becker. Men? No, oh. Kyle Play. Becker. Remember him? Uh, Charlie will remember him because he played for Boston College. Had some time in MLS. He played with a few teams. Uh, Toronto. He played with uh, CF Montreal. Now, he has uh, played with FC Dallas as well, uh, played in the States. What position? He is a midfielder, okay. and he is a day one Forge player. He's been there for all five years. Uh, he's 33 years old. He's nominated for the player of the year. He's second in assists with seven, uh, and he's got three goals on the team. And he's known as a cavalry killer because he actually scored seven goals and two assists against them. But he also scored in the previous playoff game versus this team that they played in the preliminary cavalry final. The other killer. final, it gets a little confusing. It's a one-off? So, it's a one-off final? One off. This is a one-off final. This There's is not it. like a grand, grand final after this This one? is the super grand final. <laughs> <laughs> after this, they actually do Rochambeau. I'm just making sure. Uh, <laughs> just making sure there's a lot of finals to and get to the final. If you are a fan of cavalry, then you probably know this player, who I think it might be the sauciest player in the league, and Ali Muse, uh, absolutely incredible. He could score from distance. He's got great with free kicks. He always he a great delivery, good midfielder. Doesn't have the most goals on the team. There's a couple of uh, there's a, there's another player that's absolutely incredible. But uh, this is going to be a big big match. Uh, the Forge, as I mentioned, have already beat the uh, Cavalry, and they have never allowed more than one goal in a playoff match against Whoa, them. Whoa, stingy. So Forge, Forge are the Real Madrid of of the Canadian Premier League. You know what would be right. cool? Would Hamilton be to be and at Madrid. Game. Being at this game would be pretty cool. 
You know what? I'm going, dude. What? That's it. I'm going. <laughs> How about that, Canada? I'm going. Wow. If you live in, let me know what to do in Hamilton because I will be there tomorrow. I fly out. You're, you're I'm going. You're getting on an airplane and you are going. I'm going right? to which, Hamilton, though. Uh, I don't know if this fits me because it's a Macron, but they like to make theirs a little tight. Man, will, hold up. Stop. Do they have... A different kit? They sent yeah. us four different kits? They sent us four different kits. Like, every single one is different. Yeah. Yep. Wow. It's really cool. <laughs> uh, one of our producers just said they're forges, which is great. Uh, uh, you guys can go. have that for free. Up How about this? Forge. Let wow. me know what to do in Hamilton. If you're one of the fa- in the fan group, let me know where you guys are partying. I want to come hang out. Where are the players staying? Let's do it all. Come on, baby. We're going to the Canadian Premier League final, baby. Come on. Happy for you. Thank you, man. That's going to be fun. Well done. Congrats. These hats are also Enjoy. Are you going to bring your notebook? Huh? Are you going to bring your notebook? I will not bring my notebook, but I will be asking about XG. Just in case. You should. I'll bring That's it important. Yeah. And I'll, you know what? I'll he call can't. you since you're not going to be here next week. I'll tell you right away. <laughs> can't get enough. Thank you, Forge FC. These are awesome. Much appreciated. And uh, yeah, best of luck this weekend. All right, guys. We're going to take a break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at your weekend footy fix. Later on today, we've got some matches to look forward to in the Bundesliga. We've got Bochum taking on Mainz at 2.30 p.m. on ESPN. And in the Premier League, we've got Crystal Palace versus Tottenham, 3 p.m. on USA. And then on Saturday morning, get ready for El Clasico as Barcelona take on Real Madrid, 10.15 a.m. on ESPN+. Plus. We've got Juventus versus Verona, 2.45 on Paramount+. Plus. And then later that night, We've got the MLS Cup playoff action, Philly versus New England and LAFC taking on Vancouver on Apple TV+. And then on Sunday, we've got the Manchester Derby, 11.30 a.m. on Peacock. The U.S. Women's National Team take on Colombia in the second of two friendlies, 5.30 p.m. on TNT. And, uh, of course, we've got St. Louis taking on Sporting Kansas City. Late night. Late night. It's going to be a late night. <sighs> Soccer after dark. To be <laughs> honest. That, that SKC San Jose earthquakes to get to the penalty kicks, it was difficult. They didn't give us too much to be excited about that. I know, I know. Uh, guys, it's about that time. Time oh to boy. play some bets. It's our footy wagers. Here we go. Here's a look at the standings. Jimmy Conrad, no surprise. On He's top. in, in the lead. But hey, slight, hey, look slight. at all of us in the green. It's pretty tight, though, between the rest of us. Look at us. We don't Man, have we a lot tight. of room. Okay. Alexis, are yeah, you ready to give us? I don't know why us? Charlie's numbers above mine if he's lower, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I will go first, and look, I've been uh, ridiculed for making some easy bets. So I took a note from Jimmy, and I compiled easy bets together for a little parlay. Mm-hmm. So I got Bayern to win, mm-hmm. easy. Leverkusen to win, easy. To Leipzig win. to win, 1400. easy. Easy. <laughs> you put them all together, easy. I'm going to bet $50 and win 103 Dollars. You didn't go with Eintracht to win? I, I mean, did not go with Eintracht. You're rocking the they jersey. They already won, bro. They already won. Total pro Bundesliga, and yeah. I like the bet. Yeah, thank you. I yeah. like that. That's yeah, smart. Let's go. Yeah. Good. Good, good. Good strategy. I wonder who you got that from. All <laughs> right. You. So I got for me, guy. I am going to go to one of the biggest games of the weekend, the Manchester Derby. Mm-hmm. I feel like Manchester City are ready to go. They got to, what, make eight or nine changes to their starting 11 midweek in the Champions League, whereas Manchester United had to roll out pretty much everybody to grind out a result against FC Copenhagen. So with that in mind, there have been no draws in the last seven Manchester derbies. Okay. So there's going to be a winner here. Okay. 
Manchester City have had two clean sheets uh-huh. in 15 games in all competitions this season. Quite surprising, actually, because they've known, been known to be stout defensively. So I think there's going to be a goal. Manchester United will get one, but Man City's going to win. So I like Man City to win. Both teams to score plus 220. That is uh, $50 to win, 145. All right. Nice. That was convincing. Thank you very you much. You do your research, don't you? Yeah. Eh. I like to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nico, you're up. I'm doing a fiesta party. So you're so subdued in person as opposed to like when you're in the big screen. I feel like I get a lot more gritty <laughs> energy. Aston Villa is going to win this weekend. Um, it's a big one, so they're going to keep on rolling. They're going to win. Sevilla will win or draw. They're away to Cadiz. And I'm not okay, sure. That's fair. I, I, I like want to give myself like a little bit of, of a wiggle room. And Nice plays today. They play Strasbourg, I believe. No, they play Clermont Foot. They're like bottom of the table or second to last. Okay. And Nice is cooking, so they're going to win today. And you combine all those negatives and you put them into a positive. I'm at $1,038. I'm betting 38 so if I lose, I'm still in the green. I get $118.75. That's good. I like that. That's Smart. good. All right. Um, I, I'm a liar. I'm just going to. Tell everyone. Okay, wow. Right now. You I did said, not bet MLS. I did. Oh my God. God because. Because. Day, but because this is a series. problem, so we need to have an intervention. We do. No, because I felt really, I, there were, there was, I was looking at the matches and I was like, there are some that I feel really confident mm-hmm. in. And right. then I looked at the odds. Like, I think St. Louis are going to win their first game. I just, I, so SKC, we were friends. So SKC, you just St. Louis. SKC looked so gassed in their in their last match and I am and St. Louis have been so good at home so I picked St. Louis to win I also picked Houston to win because they too have been really really good at home and RSL have been kind of sputtering at the end and the odds were actually not that bad so I put $40 down to win 139 bucks um which is not terrible I I I, I couldn't stay away. I'm sorry. You have an itch. I do. You know what? I went MLS for the first time ever last weekend, and I hit, so I hope the best for you. Thank well, you. We'll did see. It. She never wins, though, so no, that's probably not, not going to hit. MLS All best. right, so I got Charlie Davies' winners right here. He's got RB Leipzig to win. They are at home against FC Köln, mm-hmm. and then Arsenal to win against Sheffield United, and he's going $50, and he'll win 81 So okay. those are... Pretty. I don't know about that. Yeah, one. I yeah, did a parlay and he did a weak bet. That's a uh, we yeah. swap. But whatever. We ho- we hope you enjoy your Hall of Fame stuff, Chuck. Uh, and thank Jimmy, you for letting me be in your, cha- your Jimmy, chair. Jimmy, thank today. you for hanging out with week. us all week. Thank you very much. It was really really fun week. to have you. Hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you for watching. Thanks for bearing with us today. Have a fantastic 40, weekend. 40 we'll see you Monday.